Okay, so we are talking about Texas right now. So we're gonna we're gonna hit guys. We're gonna hit um, Texas after Texas, um, Utah just briefly, and then um, California and the 49ers. So this is how the U.S. got the rest, rest of the West. Uh, but we're gonna take a little bit of time on Texas because Texas is the perfect chance for us to do an experience with historical memory. Someone, what is historical memory? What does it refer to? Yeah. What we remember about something or somebody, how we remember them or the event or whatever. So in this case, we're going to talk about a dude named Davy Crockett because he's the perfect example of historical memory. So we're gonna look at him, we're gonna look a little bit at his autobiography, we're gonna look at something called the Davy Crockett Almanacs, which are just a series of fictional works about him that were written when he was alive. We'll look at some paintings, that's what we're gonna do today, those three. And then we're gonna look at some movies and some uh, more recent articles about him because we're gonna see how he was remembered. So the key is that you know Davy Crockett was like Chuck Norris. Hey, you know Chuck Norris and, and all the random stuff people say about him. Like Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups, he pushes the earth down. Right? Or how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could Chuck Norris? All of it, yeah. It's Chuck Norris, all of it. So <laughs> this is what Davy Crockett was is he was the, the big folk hero, even while he was still alive. So um, we're going to look at him then in some detail and use him as an example of historical memory. Sound good? Uh, we will also look at, we're going to watch some clips from three different movies. There's one made in the mid-50s. It's a Walt Disney movie um, called Davy Crockett. There's also a series. Uh, we're going to look at um, one made in the, I want to say the 60s, called The Alamo, starring John Wayne as Davy Crockett, or really starring John Wayne as John Wayne, because um, he, he's just John Wayne. Uh, and then we're going to look at one made in 2004 that takes a very different tact. So we'll do that to look at the historical memory. And that puts the test probably next Friday, or next Thursday, maybe. Bueno? Beautiful. Okay, so we're going to start with number one on this paper, which, of course, you knew we were going to start with. I don't know why I pointed it out. I'm going to play you a song. Now, this song is a fan song, somebody who remembers the 1950s. Piece all these songs from the miniseries that uh, Walt Disney did on Davy Crockett, put them all together. Now this is obscenely long. So it's like seven minutes long. It's four slides long. You're gonna be like, holy crap, how long is this thing? But it's okay, 
because it's super catchy and it'll get in your head and you will want to murder me later tonight. Um, your job is you're gonna figure out which parts of this are historically accurate as well as you can. You ready? Davy, Davy Crockett. And now, Walt Disney. Characteristic of American folklore that most of our favorite legends and fables are based on the lives of real men. Like Davy Crockett of Tennessee. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee. Green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy. Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Fought single-handed through the Indian War till the creeks was whipped and peace was in store. And while he was handling this risky chore, made himself a legend forevermore. Davy, Davy Crockett, the man who don't know fear. He went off to Congress and served a spell, fixing up the government and laws as well. Took over Washington, so I heard tell, and patched up the crack in the Liberty Bell. Davy, Davy Crockett, seeing his duty clear. When he come home, his politicking was done. Why, the Western March had just begun. So he packed his gear and his trusty gun and lit out a grinning to follow the sun. Davy, Davy Crockett, the buckskin pioneer. Home for the winter with his family. Happiest squirrels in the old gum tree. Being the father he wanted to be, close to his boys as the pot and the pea. Davy, Davy Crockett, holding his young and still. But the ice went out and the warm winds came, and the melting snow showed tracks of game, and the flowers of spring filled the woods with flame, and all of a sudden life got too tame. Davy, Davy. The man who don't know fear Looking for a place where the air smells clean Where the trees is tall and the grass is green Where the fish is fat in an untouched stream And the teeming woods is a hunter's dream Davy, Davy Crockett King of the wild frontier Some of the deeds he really done, but most of his chores for freedom and fun got turned into legends, and this here is one. Davy, Davy Crockett, helping his fame spread wide, had a lot of furs that he aimed to ship, and he set his mind on a river trip when a bragging boatman gave him some lip. A claim and there was no man 
he couldn't whip. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. His word about his victory, so it wasn't set down in history. So Mike stayed king of the river, you see, and a real good friend he turned out to be. Davy, Davy king of the wild frontier. Country was great when it was new. The best men was big and their yarns was too. Their tallest tales, folks believed, was true. So the more they were told, the more they grew. Davy, Davy Crockett, helping his fame spread wide. The deadliest devils he ever met. Catching river travelers in their net. Was some pirates so mean that brave men sweat. Whatever their names are remembered yet. Davy, Davy Crockett, walking into their trap. Little Harp was bad as a man can be. Big Harp was worse in his piracy. Bloody Sam Mason was worst of the three. Blaming the engines for their deviltry. Davy, Davy Crockett, caught up with them one day. King of the wild frontier. Well, there she is. He heard of Houston and Austin and so to the Texas plains he had to go, where land was free and there was room to grow, and freedom was fighting another foe. Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the wild frontier. That's one of the most popular shows in Disney's history, so you know. Okay, so what did you know? Yeah. He's born in Tennessee. How can we tell if that's true? He, the song said it. Was he born on a mountaintop in Tennessee? You don't know, do you? Yeah. <laughs> the winter ended and the 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 summer came. And that's that's true. That's true. That's pretty good. Hey, so here's the thing. Really. The task I gave you isn't really possible. You couldn't really do it with the information that you had. And that's where we get in here to number two. So why was that task really impossible given the information you had? 
like exaggerated. You can't know what's true, what's false. Some of it seems so outlandish that it must be false. Although some of those are actually true. Yeah. Okay, fair. Fair, fair, good point. Yeah. A bar bear with a really bad accent. That's when you're trying to do a Tennessee accent and you live in Southern California. <laughs> that's what that in nineteen fifty four, that's what you come up with. He was a father. And he actually did fight bears. Believe it or not, that part's actually true. He killed a large number of bears. Yes. Um, back then, bears were more of a threat than they are now. Okay. Yeah. So what none of you said, because you're smart, is that, well, we could just Google it. We could just Google it, but why is Googling not good enough? I know, I gave it. Yeah, did you read your screen? I, I can teach anybody to make a website. It's not very hard. I think about it. Didn't you make a crappy one in seventh grade? You still have it somewhere. It's still. Here's the thing. This is how Google works. Google searches the internet and it pulls up, it, it creates an index for every page it finds. The way it decides what is the most important website is how many links there are to it. It's not based on its accuracy. It's not based on anything except its popularity. Um, if you know, you guys know what like ChatGPT is or any of those other AIs people keep talking about? You guys laugh. No. The, some of the search engines have started to tie themselves to AIs, artificial intelligence that searches the internet and gives you an answer. But the thing is it just searches the internet. And so the answers it gives are sometimes wrong. Sometimes they're super wrong. Um, because AIs actually hallucinate, so it will make up information if it doesn't know it because it thinks that this is supposed to be the next thing. So it'll tell, it'll tell you wrong information. It's actually led to some really serious problems. Um, so don't use it to write papers with, at least not yet. <laughs> so, okay, so we can't just Google it and find the answer. And especially like a historian couldn't do that. That's, that's just not the way it works. So what could they do to make it, to find the information? And then I, I hit the thing too soon. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Primary sources, right? Because those have the best chance of figuring out what's actually there. So like here's a letter. You find the letter and you can know what, 
what somebody actually thought, what they actually think. This you already know, but I just want to remind you. History isn't just figuring out what happened. We look at questions like how and why. So one Sydney, I think it was, asked a good question. Why why was why was Rocket killing so many bears? Is he just anti-bear? The we we get in the who, the how, the why, what's going on, more than just the surface level stuff. We've got to get in. To do that, we have to look at those primary documents. It turns out that when they made secondary documents, they didn't usually stop and ask people what they were thinking or feeling. Okay, now I have a couple of advantages here that are really all related to the same thing. A primary document's an eyewitness account. So it's by someone who's really there who actually saw what happened. Now why would that be an advantage? It's fresh, I like that, why else? Reliable. It's reliable, why? Because it's fresh. Cause it's fresh. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It could be. You guys have enough experience with primary documents. Can you trust every primary document to be completely accurate? That's why you use multiple. Good. You check it out and see where they all came from. The more primary documents you have, the better. So there's a few things that are really easy to prove in history. Uh, one great example is the Holocaust. Turns out it happened. You know, we have millions of primary documents about this thing. We know. There's also people who don't think the Earth is round and people who... I know, you know. I, w I was going to add to that. I'm going to just stop. No. I didn't hear the Taylor Swift comment. <laughs> hey, so yeah, we use, what is that called? We, it's a word that starts with a C. Can you, can you remember it? Wait, it's not communism. <laughs> okay. The, when we compare two, two primary documents to see if they're the same. Corroboration. Someone said it. I didn't hear who. Good. Yes, corroboration. Is it corroborated with someone else? Incidentally, the police do the same thing. When they come through and they're like, hey, you know, this thing happened, they want to see other evidence besides just one person saying, hey, this happened. Okay, so we've got that, primary sources. Now, what's the advantage of a secondary source? It makes it easier. You can compare different primary sources in the secondary. It is easier to find information about, like if we are looking for a history of David Crockett, we're going to find it in a secondary source. We can't primary source everything. 
Yeah, well said. We only have to check one thing. Say it. So it really depends on the quality of the secondary source and how it was written. I have two in front of you on the screen. One is Huck's Raft, A History of American Childhood, Stephen Mintz. Stephen Mintz is the world's foremost expert on the history of childhood in America. He's a, in a really interesting guy, by the way. Um, really entertaining to, to hear from. Um, really smart, really knowledgeable. That's a well-written book. The other one is a, just your generic history textbook. That one's okay. It's maybe a little better than okay. But there's some things that are wrong in almost every textbook. For example, where did the rails meet? May 10th, 1869, the Transcontinental Railroad. Where do they meet? What's it called? What's its real place? The Golden Spike. I know, because you guys are from here. That's what, that's what we usually call it. It's, we say it's at Promontory, but almost every history textbook says it's at Promontory Point. It's not at Promontory Point. Promontory Point is clearing the crap out in the middle of the Great Salt Lake. It's the end. If you follow the Promontory Mountains out, you know, that, that jut into the lake, that's Promontory Point. They met at Promontory Summit. They're like 30 miles away from each other. Does that matter? Oh, yeah. Two times in my life, I've had people who were going out to the Golden Spike, to the National Park to check it out. They did not follow the signs. They thought they knew better. So they went to Promontory Point and they couldn't find anything. They came back and were like, oh, I'm looking for the Golden Spike. Twice in my life, I've given directions that I'm like, dude, your history book's wrong. But every history book says, yeah, you know why? Because they're all written by graduate students. And the graduate students are just copying the information from other graduate students. Like Google. Actually, the best example I can think of is Wikipedia. Wikipedia is as great a source as whatever it's plagiarized from. If it's plagiarized from a good source, then it's a good source. And if it's plagiarized from a bad source, it's a bad source. That's why we don't use it in history class. It really is. Wikipedia is super plagiarized. Yeah. So if you, I don't know how many times that I've caught someone cheating in class because they copied something. And I'm like, oh, you copied this from this site. And they're like, no, I didn't. I copied it from Wikipedia. And I'm like, yeah, well, Wikipedia copied it from this site. I will tell you, though, the worst one I ever got is I had one person, it was like 80% plagiarized. Like, it was really obvious. Everyone always gets like 20% or something, especially because I have it flag all of the quotes because I don't want you overusing quotes. So you use a quote, it says it's plagiarized. It's obviously not. It's in quotes, and I, I'm not an idiot. I know how it works. But this kid came back like 80%, 75% or whatever. I'm like, hey, uh, you copied this. And he, what he said was, my parents told me that they didn't copy any of it. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know, yeah, that's the worst ever. Okay. 
Now I want you to turn to your neighbor for a second. Come up with a list. What documents do you think we might be able to find about Davy Crockett? What would be useful if we could find it? What primary documents? Turn to your neighbor, make a list. Okay, what do you got? Journal. journal. If he kept a journal, he did not keep a journal, but he did have an autobiography. Good. What else? Oh, man, that's a great question. Is an autobiography primary or secondary? He wrote it himself, but yes, it's well after it happened. So here's, here's the thing. The line between primary and secondary, this is the college level understanding of this. The line between primary and secondary is super hazy. Sometime, only occasionally is it super clear this is absolutely 100% a primary document. Um, a video I take right now is, if I'm taking a record right as, I, as this is happening, I guess that would be a primary doc for sure. But an autobiography, it is primary compared to, say, a biography. But it takes place a long time later. So it is kind of questionable. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, oh, good. Other people who wrote about their experiences with him. Yeah, good. What else? Mm, no. Uh, it's death by the end, they'll have some death certificates. Um, well, because birth certificates are later, right? So someone who was born... So Crockett died in 1836. By 1836, more and more counties were doing death certificates. But even then, it wasn't very common in 36. But if you were born in, say, 1825, you almost definitely don't have a birth certificate. But then if you died in, like, 1875, you almost definitely do have a death certificate. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, I, I'm talking about in, in American history. It's true. Yeah. Say it again. Oh, good. Good. So it said in the thing that he fought in a war, there's always war records because the, the military keeps fairly copious records. 
So you might find when he started, you might find when he ended, you might find the regiments that he was in. There might be an official record of that. There might not be. He might not have been an official member of the military. He might have just gone out and fought. Yeah. Ooh, yes, yes. I have ancestors that the only thing we know about them is where they were when they paid their taxes. Yeah, good. Cameron, Eliza, well done. Tax records, we might have some of those. Uh, land claim records, when people claimed land, we might have some of those popping up. Today, I'm going to have you look at three different things. The first one is called the Davy Crockett Almanacs. It's stories of Davy Crockett. They were written while he was alive. But they weren't written by him, and they're mostly made up. So there's a, it's a secondary document about it, but it quotes a bunch of primary documents. And it's pretty interesting to see how they viewed kind of a hero. Now, is that primary or secondary? The Almanacs. It's secondary because they weren't there, especially if they couldn't be there. Now, here's where it gets sketchy again. It's a secondary document about Crockett, but it's a primary document if I'm studying the hero stories in 1835. That makes sense? So just like if I make a movie today about a past event, it's a primary document for today because we're learning about today. But it's a secondary document about that past event. It, I, we could put it on a scale and like give it a number. Be like, this is 80% primary. Uh, the second thing you're going to do is uh, David Crockett's autobiography. Pay attention to what he calls himself and how he identifies himself, things like that. You're not going to read the whole thing. And then the third one is a painting from 1936. So somewhere on your paper, on the corner, just write a note. You don't have to remember this date. This is just to help you out. Um, Crockett died in 1836. 